Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosher's Director of Personnel. I'm not going to lie. This is a very special episode for me and hopefully for you all today. When I was told we would be recording this, I was very excited, and finally, the time has come. With us today is Maddie Graham, who is a Porsche Carrera Cup race car driver, and Joshua Ward, who is with Terminus Technologies, an organization who is developing computer vision-based systems and software for determining and analyzing vehicle positioning. Maddie Graham is a race car driver from Northeast England. Racing since the age of eight, his formative years in karting marked him out as one of the UK's top emerging talents. He currently races in the Porsche Carrera Cup. Joshua Ward is an experienced leader and innovator across a variety of technology industries, including fintech, motorsport, cryptocurrency, construction, biotech, and media. Skilled at identifying problems and developing solutions, overseen from concept to completion and application. He's accomplished at liaising with businesses and corporations to ensure mutually satisfying and successful outcomes. Gentlemen, it's great to have you with us on Ask Anything. Even greater knowing that, Maddie, you just won a race back on August 14th. That's really exciting. Yeah, it's um, it's been great. The whole year has just been pretty fascinating, to be honest. Me and Josh only actually met at the start of the year. And as much as I give him a hard time, you know, we, we've, you know, became really close. And, you know, we just, we get on so well. And we've had huge success already in the UK. So, I'm just looking forward later on this year to, to we're actually pretty close to coming over to the America and hopefully continuing the success. Josh, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be here, really. It's uh, it's certainly been a little bit long time in the coming, you know, to, to get here. But I think me and Matty are really looking forward, actually, to coming to the United States and actually showcasing that talent, that race winning talent from the UK over there. Absolutely. Yeah. And Maddie, again, congratulations on winning the, the recent race on August 14th. So let me start with you, Maddie. Let's start with your career. I understand you've been racing since the age of eight, which is awesome. I currently have an eight-year-old and he doesn't really drive cars. Maybe I'm doing something wrong on my end. <laughs> uh, what can you tell us about your career in racing? Basically, we came, all came from my father. He used to race uh, in rally cars um, through forests and whatnot. Um, not quite as professional as what I do today, but like, um, you know, he would, he would mechanic for himself, fix his own cars, take them to the track and, and rally through the forests. And uh, yeah, just since a young age, I think he bought me a quad. Because we used to, we've always lived in like the countryside. So he bought me a quad one year for Christmas. And uh, he just saw me on that and just, you know, thought I looked quite comfortable and quite confident, good car control. And then from there, he bought me a go-kart. And then you just go to your local go-kart track. We started doing that. One thing leads to another. It gets a bit serious. And then before you know it, you're competing all around the world in like these go-kart events. At that point, you're kind of like, you're fully committed and invested. So um, <laughs> yeah, then you, once you got a go-kart, I think I progressed from that. I had a really good karting career, actually. It was, um, I won pretty much everything you could in go-karts from British champion, European world and Asia Pacific champion. I won a lot in go-karts. We had a really, really good career. And then we made the step up into single seaters. So it's like a, a small formula one car, like formula four, it was called. And then, yeah, it's when like big financial commitments were sort of involved. And I was making that step with a lot of current formula one drivers. So I think it's something like seven or eight of the the formula one grid i used to race with them good friends with them and yeah i have good memories so 
Yeah, we've progressed through the, you know, the smaller Formula cars, Formula 3, and then into what's called Formula Renault, which is similar equivalent to Formula 3. And then, yeah, it's when we kind of run into a bit of like budget problems, financial difficulties to try and fund season by season. So yeah, that was a bit disappointing. So I had a few years out of the car, a little bit hit and miss. I had to do a few things elsewhere. And it's only recently where I've started to get back into racing. Josh has obviously presented me a big opportunity this year to race again in the Porsche Carrera Cup, which is GT racing. So it's like sort of, you know, you'll see a road car on the road. It's sort of the race version of that, if you like. So yeah, like I say, Josh has given us a big opportunity this year to go racing again, showcase my talent. And uh, like I touched on earlier, I'm hopefully coming over to America to, to showcase it over there. That's an outstanding story and upbringing. I mean, how it all started with your father and, and basically how you moved up the ranks to where you are right now. I mean, go-karting, it's amazing. I did it as a kid. I can't even begin to fathom what it is like in a professional setting where you're actually competing for real against other kids your age, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, like I say, you're at such a young age and it becomes so serious so quickly. I remember I used to have to miss quite a lot of school and education as a result of it, but the school was always really supportive. Um, they understood the sort of opportunity that I had and the talent. So yeah, like I say, you were just away all the time. I mean, it was great to do it with my dad because it was such good bonding. Um, he's a slightly strange character. He doesn't do anything social at all. Uh, <laughs> no holidays, no drink. Not, he's just always working. So to be given the opportunity to go away with just him and bond over something we both enjoy was just such great memories that I look back so fondly on. And, you know, if I ever have a family one day, I'd sort of love to repeat the same thing. And yeah, just it, like I say, it got so serious so quick, young age, a lot of commitment. And it was only when I was, like I say, I had a little break from racing and took a step back. I was like, whoa, it's been like quite a commitment this has. And there's some things you sort of had to sacrifice on a little bit of like a social life. I didn't really get out much because I was, you know, every other weekend you're away karting somewhere. And uh, yeah, like I say, you missed out on some things, but I just, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's something that I know as a parent, I got a nephew who is into basketball and he's played basketball since a very young age, like you. And now he plays for his university back home in Puerto Rico, which is where I'm from. And so the, I do know the commitment as a parent because I've watched my sister and my brother-in-law do it. So I definitely commend your father and you, obviously, for taking it seriously since such a young age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like you say there, it's um, people can sometimes be shocked that even at, like when you're really young, I think I was probably about, you know, between eight and eight and 14 was when I was in go-karts. And um, you have to be really mature for your age. And again, like I said before, you just don't realize it until you're a little bit older, how serious it all is and um, how much of a sort of a big commitment in life it is. So, yeah, I just I look back on all the memories I've made throughout the whole of racing and just feel so privileged to have been able to do that and very grateful for the opportunities I've been given, which is why I never take any of it for granted. And, you know, like I said before about meeting Josh started this year, uh, massively appreciative of that. And obviously he's then opening doors up into America. And that's always been a goal of mine, a dream of mine to go to America, do the sport I love. So, you know, massively appreciative of that as well. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, I'm happy to share that our company, Mosher Consulting, will be sponsoring Maddie's Porsche during an upcoming race here on the Indy 500 track. I understand that you're coming to the race in September. So is this your first time racing in the United States? 
I've actually done a go-kart race because I mean it was like I say it was crazy in go-kart because you went all over the world I travel more in go-karting than I've done in my car career so I actually did a race in Las Vegas in a go-kart I mean I was only 15 so I didn't quite get to fully enjoy Las Vegas but uh no, no gambling at 15 yeah exactly so um I have been once but as well, the other thing is you normally when you're away to all these nice places traveling with racing, you kind of just go there for the race and then you leave straight away. You never actually get to enjoy the area. So I'm going to make sure when I get this opportunity in September to come over, I actually get to enjoy, you know, the surroundings a little bit and, uh, and hopefully kick some ass when I'm out in the race car. Nice. I think you're going to notice, first off, Indianapolis has considerably less neon than Las Vegas does. <laughs> yeah i mean like i say it was the, the even vegas when i visited there was so cool but uh, i don't know what it is now just as i've been growing up more and more i've just sort of fallen in love with the idea of going to america and and uh like i say even before josh mentioned this whole project we had going on i was just like oh, i'd love to go to america i was actually planning a holiday to come over and so when josh said it i was like poor let's do it <laughs> obviously you're coming to the racing capital of the world in here in Indy with the 500 track. But let me ask you, what would you like for the U S fans here to know about you? I mean, I think one of the important things is that I think I got across to Josh early on as well, is that I definitely take racing is such a privilege. I'm a huge car guy as well. So I really appreciate my cars. Um, that's another thing. I know the car scene over there is really cool as well on the streets. So that, that just is so cool. But I'm just like more of a genuine sort of guy. I have like a job over here. I, um, I actually started a popcorn factory a few years ago, which uh, is quite unusual, but it kept me busy outside of racing. And yeah, I just work there. I'm just sort of like a normal guy who, you know, I'll, I'll go to the pub or something, see some friends, have a beer, and on the weekend go, you know, go racing. So yeah, just a massive car guy who's been very fortunate to, to end up racing, basically. I have a question on that popcorn. Uh, company in a second but hold off on that give me give me a couple <laughs> minutes so how does it feel for you to come to the u.s and race on the fame indy 500 track because obviously you've you've seen it you've heard about it you've seen the indy 500 you've seen all of the nascar races and, and everything that we do here in the u.s with that track but how does it feel for you coming from england and doing this for the first time i think it won't fully hit me until i'm there because like a lot of things, photos, videos don't quite do it justice. Mm -hmm. So I think when I get to the track and also even the place, really, and then when I see the track for the first time, you know, the huge grandstands, the big cambered corners, all that, it's just going to really hit me. And I think then it'll be like, whoa, this feels like this feels pretty real now. It feels special as well, because um, I know what the track's all about. I know the history of it and it's it's incredible. But like I say, it's just when I get there, it'll be it'll be phenomenal. Well, and like you mentioned, I mean, obviously being your first time in the track, I mean, the famous bricks in the track, I mean, just taking it all in. I can't imagine. I mean, I've, I've been in the track as a spectator, just going there and just in awe of all of you guys who race and just get to be in those cars going really fast. I mean, that's very exciting to me. So I can only imagine how it feels for somebody who's coming over for the first time and getting their first taste of that Indy 500. Yeah, exactly. Like I said before, I'm so fortunate. I know I am to be able to race around these tracks. I remember it was a similar sort of feeling when I stepped up from go-karts into like Formula Four and you visit some of these big name tracks like Silverstone, 
um, Spa Frankenchamps in Belgium, and you mm. go for the first time, and it's like, whoa, this feels like feels like in a video game or something. And I haven't had that feeling in a while because you know I've been around Europe and the UK quite a lot, and like I say, I've never been over to America to do like you know proper racing in big cars, big tracks. So uh, it's just looking forward to get that feeling again, somewhere new and exciting and feel like a kid again, going to like a, a new track. What do you do to prepare yourself for that? Because you mentioned some big name tracks right now over in Europe. What do you do normally when you step into those tracks for the first time? I mean, the best way to prepare myself for a new track is to probably do some laps on the simulator. So simulators these days have come on like so much in the past few years. And obviously, they're quite limited to what you can. I mean, you've not got, obviously, the feeling of the car through the simulator. But what they do give you is a very good layout of the track. They're very well mapped. Um, things are very accurate now. So you can get a real good idea and a good feel for the track on a simulator before you come there. And then the other thing is to watch a lot of onboard footage from you know, people who have visited there. Because, um, again, you can see how the car reacts, handles over certain curbs, things that you know, the simulator may miss. But yeah, nothing will quite prepare you fully for the the actual experience of getting on the track. Yeah, I, I I bet. I've never been on a simulator or on a race car before, so I wouldn't know what the experience should be like. But I bet it would be a difference in, in what you experience just going with your car the first time, because I'm definitely jealous. So one last question, and, and it has to do with the popcorn. It's a two-parter. I understand you have a very particular routine before every race and it involves popcorn could you tell us about it um yeah i mean i get asked about my popcorn quite a lot because you know it goes quite it goes hand in hand with entertainment doesn't it really so um, yeah i like to think i make the world's best popcorn i know you guys over in america are quite handy at uh at making popcorn so i'll have to try bring some over to see if i can sure. rival it um, you guys can try it because there's i mean there's all sorts of different flavors i try what i normally try to do at a weekend the team principal for the team in the UK, he doesn't like spicy stuff. And like I said, we do so many different flavors of popcorn. We produce it on behalf of a lot of other people. So I always make sure I bring him really spicy popcorn disguised in like, say, a, a salty sweet bag or something. So I'm like, oh, here, try some popcorn. And, you, you know, it's quite funny. I'm a bit of a joker like that. But I'm always quite chill. Josh will tell you, I'm, I'm a very, very chilled character before a race, before, you know, some with high pressure like qualifying or a race it's uh and i'm very relaxed just keep myself to myself a little bit and just try and you know not think about it too much i guess and then yeah just like i say stay calm before the race and then hopefully go out and kick some ass and so what can you tell us about your popcorn company i mean the popcorn my brand of popcorn is called love popcorn which is a good name and it's not massive yet it will be but it's not massive yet i'm just trying to work on expanding it a little bit like i said i'm definitely gonna try bring some over to america for people to try so i can compare it as well i'll be trying it from over there because i know it's the home of popcorn in america it's where it kind of mm -hmm. came from so it would be interesting but like i say it just keeps me busy outside of racing that's when, I, when we touched on before about me being just like a normal guy it's just i do i have like a normal job i go to work I uh, try to do my best to that. And then on the weekends, I'm just fortunate enough to, to go racing. So it definitely keeps my mind busy all the time. And uh, meeting Josh as well, he's helped me a little bit on with that because um, he's a lot more knowledgeable about, you know, business side of things. And um, so, you know, I pick his brain a little bit on a few of them. So 
uh, yeah, it's a really good relationship that we have. And hopefully I can continue to grow the factory with the popcorn, but then also excel at racing as well. And I'll be a happy guy. Absolutely. And you are right. You're coming to the corn capital of the world here in Indiana. That's, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of cornfields around here. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if Orville Redenbacher is a global brand or if it's a uh, United States brand, but uh, out of Valparaiso, Indiana, one of the best known popcorn brands and popcorn magnates in the country or the world was Orville Redenbacher. And he was from Indiana. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm definitely going to bring some over and I'll, uh, I'll get you guys to try some flavors because, uh, yeah, you'll have we had will. some good I, experience. I'm looking I'm at down. the Cocoa Crisp right now, and uh, it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, like I say, there's loads of flavors that you wouldn't expect because there's only, a, I probably do hundreds of flavors and you'll only see a handful on, on my website and stuff. So I will definitely make sure I bring over a load of, uh, load of different ones. I'll just bring a full suitcase full of popcorn. And uh, just open it up at the track and, you know, let everyone go at it. I can tell you I'm down for the spicy stuff. So whatever whatever you got, bring it over. We'll try it for sure. I'm looking at fiery salsa right now on hell. Oh, that, yeah. See, that's my kind of jam. Yeah, I'll bring a bit of everything. Don't worry. I'll yeah. bring a bit of everything. Perfect. Now, Josh has been the man uh, in the corner over here the last uh, couple of minutes. So, Josh, we're going to let you out to talk a little bit. But Josh. <laughs> I mentioned in the intro that you are with Terminus Technologies, an organization who is developing computer vision-based systems and software for determining and analyzing vehicle positioning. So how does technology play a role in racing nowadays? Because obviously when we see races out uh, on the TV, and obviously when you're in the track, it's a different feel, but when you see it on TV, you see different technology pieces that uh, you see in the vehicles, et cetera. But uh, you guys are doing some amazing work right now. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the company itself was was born out of my love of racing. And that was where you know it all started. It was designed to be the unification of my background, which is you know, software and software management for um large firms, and then actually my love for racing all at the same time. So being the love child of those two aspects of my life. Racing and sport in general tends to be quite emotional. You know, you think about, you know, mm-hmm. when we see and we're happy we're sad we go through an emotional roller coaster over the course of you know a football game but actually technology brings kind of calm to it in in its own way it brings actually order to something so a great example would be within motorsport we often saw so many issues on european racing circuits and road courses right where actually people were going out of bounds off track trying to gain those extra tenths of a second, those tiny margins that can be the difference between you winning and losing. But actually what we found was people gaining, you know, what we would say unfair advantages by extending the circuit when they shouldn't be and actually gaining time when they shouldn't have been gaining time was actually just causing more and more issues. You saw it in Formula One. It was a, you know, a real talking point over the past few years, you know, track limits and how much can you track extend because it actually changed per corner per track. So suddenly you had like every corner you could run to different boundaries and that just became confusing, not only for the teams and drivers, but also for the fans. So what we set about doing was, to develop a hardware and software solution that quite easily could track vehicles, very fast moving vehicles, and actually be able to give a really accurate position on them. So using a a sensor array that we have, we're actually able to track vehicles 
up to 200 miles an hour and up to about four or five centimeter accuracy. So at any one time when cars are going past, I can tell you exactly where that vehicle is. And by then actually grabbing the metrics on that vehicle and capturing it multiple times a second, we can start to work out things like trajectory, speed. Uh, we can even you know, look at things like the predicted angle, the exact moment that they went off track, whether they gained time, lost time, the deacceleration zones, turning points, a whole range of vehicle metrics then comes with it really. So basically, this is available to the manager of the driver, right? So the actual um, hardware itself would be installed at circuits on corners. Um, circuits. You can also install it on straights if you want to grab that data on the straights. And then that data is then fed over to the, uh, what we'd say, the clerk of the course over here, the actual race director over here. And they would then look after, you know, everything for that race. They'd be able to tell whether someone exceeded track limits, whether someone made a bad move, whether someone's driving dangerous and then but the actual driving data because we then realized that the byproduct of all this right was that we actually had a heap of driving performance data and you know we've been working with matty on it and showing matty you know all the data that we're collecting and suddenly it's like well actually this could really improve what i was doing instead of you know then looking at you know these charts and metrics and all of these line graphs that ultimately are very difficult to understand and you know what is 20 meters later breaking at 200 miles an hour when you're covering a football field a second Actually, we can start to give a visual representation where I can overlay a car, I can overlay another car, and I can show the driving lines between two styles of driver and actually who is quickest for a corner. So you can see visually where you can, you know, gain and where you did lose your time. That's amazing. And, and Maddie, let me ask you, how does this technology help you with your career? Well, I mean, obviously, if Josh um, can produce all this and like you say if it keeps it keeps going the way we are then it's going to give me a huge advantage in terms of what he just said there about being able to turn you, you know you go through the data with your engineer after a, a practice session race whatever it is um, when you're going through them there's you're quite limited to what you can look at and like you said there it's very easy to show on data you know oh, you need to break uh, 5 10 15 meters later on this corner but yeah actually doing it is a is a completely different thing so it gives you a huge advantage in terms of, you know, being able to improve throughout the weekend. So, yeah, if we can unlock that, then I'll definitely have an advantage over other people. And then with that, you can take me anywhere. That sounds amazing. I mean, I'm just thinking of the applications, Josh, on, on what you guys can harness from all that data and just gathering that information and how it can help Maddie and just develop his career based on on the track so let's say he's doing the indy 500 if you've got the data for that track then you can tell him okay if you if you speed up at certain angles or if you slow down at certain turns then you can gain an advantage over the others yeah i mean we we gather a range of data you know like i like i mentioned earlier but including things like thermal data you know, so I can start to have a look at, you know, tire heat and I can actually, you know, we're trying wow. to test a minute looking at braking temperatures and stuff like that. So there's a there's a whole range of information and we simulate all of this in our virtual environments that we have. You know, we have virtual cars driving 24-7, you know, 365 days a year, literally turning lap after lap after lap with our sensors that believe they're real and capturing real cars. And actually it's all virtual. And we have these cars that make mistakes. They drive like normal drivers would. They put in fast laps, slow laps, they make, you know, everything in between. And then we have suddenly thousands of hours worth of data that we're combing through that we then put into our physical units when they go live. And actually suddenly you're prepared and you're ready. And, mm -hmm. you know, we love the idea as well of, 
not just making this fantastic for teams and not just making it fantastic for drivers and everyone on that side of the fence, but actually also making it something that's engageable by fans. You know, they are the ones that ultimately um, allow us to do what we do, allow Matty to do what he does and allow the teams to go racing, right? By buying tickets and, and being a part of the story each year. And actually what we wanted to do was to create something that you can now transmit this data all over to fan broadcasts worldwide. You know, you can start to show the, the margins that everyone goes for. And I know me and Matty over the course of this year, you know, we've discovered margins, <laughs> you know, um, where, you know, where things go right and things go wrong. But ultimately, you know, it's actually about connecting the fans to the sport in a whole new way. You know, imagine being able to go through a lap and actually see, you know, the, how close Lewis Hamilton got at turn nine in Silverstone, you know, just getting to the edge of the circuit and how much exit speed he therefore carried. And you compare that to, you know, the Ferraris, for example. So suddenly you're engaging fans in this whole new data rich driven mindset, but actually in a whole different angle to where they were before. You know, I think it's great seeing telemetry, but this is next generation telemetry. You know, it's, it's so visual and so perfect. With the simulator, you're then able to construct what would theoretically be the perfect lap at a track string those together to like so if, if you drove this if you drove this course perfectly this is a perfect race at this course and then that's your drivers are trying to get as that, close to that as possible that that's what we're working towards obviously you know we everything has certain conditioning and everything has certain ways of you know uh, kind of everything's a little bit different in real life to what it is yeah there's yeah there's track temperature there's tire temperature it's brakes it's the engine it's it's the conditions of the day but you know in a, in a perfect environment here's the yeah. perfect time for a lap you could get and then it's just chasing that exactly that it is it's all about you know actually having the the baselines to be as accurate to real world perfection as what they can be how does it take into consideration the human element of this? Because I know you just mentioned that it sometimes runs fast laps and sometimes runs slower laps. So how does it take that human element into effect? Yeah, because yeah. I bet my lap time with all this information would not be anywhere close to Matt's. <laughs> Matt could probably do it blindfolded faster than I could do looking. <laughs> So, so what we do is, you know, we, we look at a, a range of metrics. Now, there are only a few that really apply in terms of rule breaking or being rule infringing. And, you know, the obvious one is going to be, did you cut the course? Did you, you know, go over a curb? Did you go over the grass? And did you gain time? And that's probably the best example of how we try to take things into consideration. We actually try to work out the fastest possible delta for that car going from point A to point B, taking the correct way around. And therefore, if you cut over the course and you actually gain time, yes, absolutely. Penalization or reprimand or, you know, whatever needs to be done needs to be done. And we make that recommendation over. We don't actually enforce. We recommend. That's really crucial to get across. Uh, we still leave humans up to the final decision-making party, but we provide the facts, so to speak. When it comes to the cutting of the course, that is the time where, you know, we're, it would take into consideration different standards of driving. So if you gain time um, cutting over, yeah, absolutely, we'll make that recommendation. If you didn't gain time, then we would just acknowledge it as off track. And that's why I asked the question, because obviously you've got all the data. Maddie's got the human element of it where he's driving in the racetrack so basically if you tell him corner four you have to cut it this way either inside or outside or sort of mid-tier but maddie's got you know somebody on his outside and he can't really make that jump so he needs to cut on the inside so it, it kind of just 
obviously there's the, that human aspect because you can't say what the person next to you will do in that other race car. So you've, you got to be careful, right? Because you want to finish the race and you want to win. But there's that little bit of human aspect. I find all this fascinating because data and that human aspect that the race car driver provides, it's it's amazing. It's it's a great combination of things. Yeah, probably at the beginning of the year, we did, we, you know, Matty says that he's grateful for the opportunity that he has. And actually, we as a business, we're incredibly grateful for the opportunity that we have being able to work with someone like, you know, Matty. And actually having that kind of level of driving the professionalism and actually the development standard going forward is so high because of it. And you're right, you know, human standards, you can't predict, you can't, uh, you know, always account for. What we aim to do is to try and make the fastest drivers on the right circuit, make everyone as quick as possible. So really... If all goes to plan, you shouldn't be battling with anyone on your outside. You should be about 10 seconds down the road, about two laps from right. victory. <laughs> right. Right. Like like the great Ricky Bobby would say, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> so with that, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to have you with us and ask you anything. Maddie, Joshua, really, it's been great. I've learned a lot today. This technology that you speak of, Joshua, is definitely looking like the future. And Maddie. I think you're in good hands. I think you guys are doing great with your partnership. So thank you again. And hopefully we'll get to meet you here in September uh, when you come over to Indiana. Yeah, there'll be yeah. a lot of us out at the track that day cheering. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. And then uh, the popcorn as well. Don't forget that. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, we got to try that popcorn. I'll, I'll, I'll provide the entertainment and the snacks. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Excellent. Gentlemen, well, thank, thank you so, so much, being guys, here. for having us. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. We hope you enjoyed listening to Matty Graham on his racing career and Joshua Ward on how technology is moving the world of racing today. Join us next time when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. Remember to send us your ideas or topics via our social media feeds. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then... Like the great Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. So long, everybody. Go.